You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 56, Time Management Workshop. My name is Jillian Faldmo, and I am the business and life coach for biofield tuning practitioners who want to turn their practice into an aligned career that points toward freedom, fulfillment, and flexibility. This is Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. Well, hello there. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, If you missed it on the last episode, I have been under the weather. And so I haven't had much time to think and create. And I am just so grateful that I have a whole truckload of content within my membership site. Um, So in times like these, I like to pull a little something from um, the Grow a Thriving Practice uh, coaching program, the membership there. And today I have for you a time management workshop. Um, This is something that I love teaching about. I love uh, practicing the skill of time management in my own life. So I feel really excited to share with you, uh, share this with you today. The original recording is a video, so you won't be able to see the questions that I uh, pose, but I do say them out loud. So if you need to, just pause as necessary and write them down. Um, Also in the original recording, we have five minutes to answer the questions. And so I did edit that those spaces out. Um, So again, just pause, uh, give yourself plenty of time to answer the questions that come up. All right, I hope you enjoy, and I will see you next time. Bye. This is definitely one of my favorite topics to teach, is time management. Um, Because when I feel like I've got my time management down, I am in control of my life, and I'm much more calm and peaceful and patient because I know what the day has to offer me. And I deliberately chose it that way. So I love teaching it because it is such a useful um, skill. Just giving a few other things. So um, if you haven't yet, grab a pen and paper. We're gonna be doing some mental work this evening or afternoon, whatever time it is, wherever you are. Um, That's what I love about these workshops is it's really dedicated time to just uh, sit down with your with your brain and your thoughts and also take in some concepts and learn some new skills, new tools, or review new skills and tools. Okay, all right, so let's get started. All right, we're gonna cover today time, um, the importance of commitment, the term proactivation, which you may or may not have ever heard before, and a process for accomplishing a goal. So first to just start, I want you to pick something that you're gonna create in the next week, something that you're gonna create in your business in the next week. Welcome, awesome, so glad to see you guys here. Oh, excuse me. (coughs) So if you haven't yet, for those that just joined, grab a, excuse me, pen and paper. We're going to be doing some brain work 
Um, we're going to the mental gym today <laughs> around time. Um, before we get started, I want you to pick something that you're going to create in the next seven days with your business. And so it's a goal that you're going to have completed in the next week. It needs to be measurable so you'll know when you've completed it. And it also needs to be something that stretches you, maybe something that is not part of your weekly routine already, um, but also something that's achievable, something that you'll actually realistically um, accomplish. So go ahead and take a moment with that. And when you have your goal picked and decided, I want you to put it in the Q&A um, for me to read or the chat. Either is fine. Maybe I should choose one. Let's do let's do the chat. Find the chat at the bottom. So I'm going to be doing this process with you all too, just because it's an opportunity for me also to do some thought work. Um, and I chose as my goal to get three clients booked in my new location. All right. So because I have three, the number three, I'll know that. I've completed it right now. I don't want them all booked next week, but I want them in the calendar. Maybe they'll book, you know, end of November or December, but in the, in those next seven days, I'll get three bookings at my new uh, sister's location. So when you're ready and you can share your goal if, if you want to, but if not, if you've got your goal, um, just raise your hand. Okay, Rivka, thank you. Send my first email campaign to friends and family. Awesome. That's a great goal. Okay. And that's measurable too, right? You'll know that you've done it when you've hit that send button. Excellent. Okay. I'm going to keep my eye out in the chat for those. Um, and I will also move on. So first let's talk about time. All right. Time. <laughs> Time is one of our most valuable assets. And I say that because we literally cannot get more of time, right? More time, there's just time. And now we have labels like free time or work time, but I really just want you to think of time as just time. And it's a mental construct. It's a way that we manage our day the way that we manage our mind around our day. So even just getting ready for this workshop today, I had four minutes before I was supposed to click the start button, right? And those four minutes went by so slow. But if I were doing something else, maybe like hmm, something enjoyable before I had to be at an appointment or something, those four minutes would seem like they're flying by. So the way that we think about time determines how we experience it. And that's why I say it's a mental construct because it really is about our thoughts. Okay, so for an example, um, I wanna show you a couple models. Okay, so I want you to look at this first model. Circumstance is time. It's just a neutral objective, thing, right? We, and we have our thoughts about it. In this first model, our thought might be, I don't have enough time. And when we think I don't have enough time, 
we feel something along the lines of stress or pressure or confusion, overwhelm. And as we know, our actions are driven by how we feel. Our feelings drive our actions. Everything that we do or don't do is driven by our feelings in any given moment. So if we're feeling stress, what are we going to do? We're most likely going to procrastinate and we're going to buffer. And if you haven't heard me use this word before, this is an activity that we do that helps us to avoid some sort of discomfort. So if there's um, something coming up that I know that I need to work on, let's say a podcast episode this week, <laughs> you notice I didn't get to publishing that. <laughs> Instead, I do something that feels more pleasurable in that moment. Um, maybe it's making cookies, or maybe it's um, going for a leisurely walk. It's really anything but that that's gonna that's going to help me to feel immediate gratification and it's going to delay that long-term gratification of having that po podcast episode published okay so we think i don't have enough time we feel stress we procrastinate and buffer and what that creates is more kind of proof that there's not enough time Right. We don't we certainly aren't creating more time. We aren't using in our time our time in a way that um, proves to us that there's plenty of time. Whereas in this next model, we have time and our thought is I have plenty. And we think when we think I have plenty of time, how do we feel? I feel abundant, maybe relaxed, maybe calm. Okay, and when we're in that kind of space and in that kind of energy, what do we do? We plan, we're rational about things, we use that time to create. And what that creates is that it reinforces the thought that I have plenty of time, right? So can you see in any, really in many models that we do, our result is often going to reinforce the thought. Okay, so if I'm thinking I don't have enough time, I'm gonna keep proving to myself, I'm gonna keep creating that story that I don't have enough time. But if I'm thinking I have plenty of time, I'm gonna be living in that space where time is available to me and I can use it in the way that I want to. All right, isn't that interesting? So, okay, so Deborah and Bonnie both, um, commented. So uh, Deborah, I let five people who could recommend people um, know that I am doing biofield tunings in person or remotely. Okay, so you tell five people who could recommend people to you. Okay, that's great. And you'll know that you've completed with it when you've told that fifth person, right? Awesome. Bonnie, trade services with a few people and get to know my community better and make connections. That's great. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to tell yourself how many people you're going to trade with in the next week, right? You wanna stretch a little bit, but you also wanna make it realistic for you. So maybe that's one or two people. And then getting to know my community better and making connections, it's not quite measurable, but I think that you could dial that in a little bit, Bonnie, and make that more measurable. So maybe it's, um 
you know, attending a networking event, um, you know, something like that. For this, I would say stick with one of these things, maybe stick with trading services, um, if that's the direction that you want to go. Trading services with maybe one to two people or however many people you feel is realistic, but also it's going to stretch you a little bit. Okay, awesome. All right. Yeah, you're welcome. So um, most of us are in this model here. We aren't living our days deliberately. We sort of are living unconsciously and we let the day slip away without using anything to manage our time. Okay. You'll know that you've, you're kind of in this model by doing this one exercise. So I want you to just spend a couple moments thinking about how you spent your day yesterday. I want you to write down everything you did yesterday how you spent your day, because having an awareness of how you've been spending your time will give you that indication for how you think about it. Okay, these are all going to be actions. And as I already said, everything that we do or don't do is driven by a feeling. And since our thoughts create our feelings, this ultimately means that our thoughts determine our time. Okay, really interesting thing to wrap our head around. But as you've seen with this work, with the model, we can create any result that we want with our mind, even regarding something that is pretty consistent as time. Okay, time doesn't change, but the way that we think about it does. So just spend, you know, another, another few seconds just listing the things that you did yesterday. And also, as you list those, were those the things you wanted to be doing with your day? That gives you an, another indication for how you're spending your time. Now I'm gonna move on, but if you wanted to spend more time on this on your own, you could. Again, thinking of those things as actions, right? And what were the feelings that drove those actions? And what were the thoughts that were creating those feelings, okay? For many of us, we have thoughts like, you know, um, thoughts around sort of putting other people's needs ahead of our own, right? I should be doing this. I should be doing that instead of doing the things that we want to do. Okay. <laughs> Rivka said, I'm having a mini love affair with my new planner and have the day yesterday to show it. Good exercise for reflection. Awesome. That's great. Okay. So here's a journaling exercise we're all going to do together. We're going to spend a few minutes just to gain a little bit more awareness about how we think about time. Let me see if I can get all of the questions on there. So the first question, what do you believe your time is for? Do you believe you have enough time? Why or why not? What takes up your time and why? Why do you spend time in your business the way that you do? And what don't you want to waste time in your business on anymore? So let's take about, you know, up to five minutes or so 
answering these questions, really spend some time reflecting. And if you finish, go ahead and um, find the raise your hand button or type in the chat that you're done. So um, I know to move on if we if we're all finished at the same time, okay? Or if we're all finished before five minutes. Go ahead and answer these questions. And we want to be unfiltered here. So for example, with this first question, because I noticed my brain just go here, what do you believe your time is for? This is like unfiltered. So I, I wanted to write what I think I should believe my time is for, right? But that's not getting to what I'm actually thinking. So try your best to just let the thoughts come and flow and write them down. Be totally honest with yourself. It might be, you know, you might see your answers and go, oh, that's what I'm thinking, but that's okay. This is an exercise of awareness. There's also no right or wrong answer here. It just is. Whatever your brain offers you is what's there. Okay. If there's anything that you want to share, go ahead and um, put it in the chat. Um, I'm, I started smiling at the end of my prompt because this last question, um, it just made me chuckle when I kind of noticed what the answer was. So why don't you want to waste, or what, sorry, <clears throat> what don't you want to waste time in your business on anymore? My answer was, I don't want to waste time on thinking about how things won't work out. Just work them out. <laughs> really interesting right how we can waste time with with our thoughts and our thinking um that lead to you know sometimes when i'm in that sort of thinking of things won't work out i start coming up with new ideas and different ideas and while that can look really creative and great it's actually really distracting from my main goal so i'm just noticing that about myself awesome okay let's move on to commitment nice bonnie this exercise bonnie says this exercise has provided an opportunity to be very honest with myself and i needed that thank you yes you're welcome right i'm so glad that you were able to create this space and this time for yourself bonnie to to reflect on that it's really important especially as business owners entrepreneurs right we've got to have some time to think and really sort out what's going on in our brain so that we can, you know, get out of the, the spin that sometimes we don't even know that we're in and move out and move forward. Yeah, Deborah said, I agree. Awesome. Great. So glad this is helpful. Okay, so commitment is sometimes a word that people don't like. And I get it because the reason why people don't like the word commitment is that it brings up discomfort. And I think that with commitment, we can absolutely expect discomfort. That's let's just like lay that out there. Right? If we make a commitment to something, we can absolutely expect discomfort. The practice is allowing that discomfort to be there. And then moving forward anyway. Okay, the main difference between people who get results in their business and in their practice and those who don't are the ones that say, I'll try this. 
And then the other ones that say, I am committed to getting this result. I'm committed to having this business, this practice, no matter what. Okay. Do you think that the people who are committing no matter what move forward without fear, without self-doubt, without confusion, without overwhelm? That's not the case. Actually, they experience maybe, well, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say more of it, but let's say they anticipate it and they move forward anyway, right? So we can expect thoughts like, I'm a fraud. I've never done this before. I don't know how they're going to come, right? Have you experienced that yet? Yeah. I experience them every day, every day. The practice is noticing that those thoughts are there, noticing that it's creating some sort of discomfort and then acknowledging that, okay, like I have this bigger reason here. I have this, this why for this practice, for this business. So I'm going to move through this self-doubt and this fear and confusion, and I'm going to do the thing anyway, right? In order to grow, we have to get good at allowing discomfort. Okay, so when you think of committing to your goal, I want you to notice what comes up in your body. Just do a body scan and see what comes up. Taking some deep breaths and just noticing where there's tension, where there's resistance, where there's maybe something uncomfortable. Just place your awareness there. Really lean in and open up to it. I'm feeling like in my solar plexus, it's hot and it's sticky and it just makes me want to do something to escape it and to avoid it. And so rather than escaping and avoiding, I'm just sitting with it, just being with it. And breathing. And it can help to just really describe that sensation to yourself in detail. Maybe the temperature, consistency, color. And you notice the longer you sit with it and you acknowledge it, things start to shift, right? So I can feel that kind of density that was hot and sticky starting to really dissipate and move through like dissolving in my body discomfort is merely a waveform right discomfort any any emotion that creates <laughs> that we want to get away from or avoid um, or distract ourselves from or resist that's discomfort. And so practicing, allowing that to be there and moving forward anyway. I always like to say you can allow self-doubt, confusion, fear to come along for the ride. Just don't let them drive, right? So who was it? Was it Rivka or was it somebody else that said, put them in the sidecar, right? You're on a, you've got a bike, 
put them in the sidecar or maybe it was Mary. Um, they're going to, they're going to come along for the ride, but I'm doing the driving here. All right. Now doing this work means sometimes we need to change our beliefs about our own self-worth and our own capabilities. And so that's where some thought work can really come in, especially when we have thoughts like I'm a fraud or, you know, I've never done this before. Just require some, some different thinking, right? In order to, to change that space that we're in so that we can move forward. We can't move forward when we're thinking I'm a, I'm a fraud, right? So what's, a, what's another thought we could think instead of that? I like the one like, I'm still learning. Like, of course, I don't know it all. I'm still learning and that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's some more questions for us to ponder around commitment. Now, I want you to think of the goal that you had in mind in the beginning. And with that in mind, I want you to ask yourself, you can either answer all of these questions or you can answer um, some of them. But anytime we want to commit to something, we want to have a compelling reason. Because if our reason is not compelling enough, we're going to let that self-doubt and that fear and that confusion sort of override and take over. But when we have that, that big why in our minds, that's when we get to override those emotions go, okay, I'm noticing them, but like, I've got this vision over here. So what is your compelling reason for your business? And why, why is that your goal? If our, if our reason for our business is to, um, let's say, I mean, it can be any reason, but for me, and you don't have, you don't ever have to justify your reason. Like if you want to make a lot of money and be self-sufficient, that's a perfectly valid reason. If you want to serve the world, that's a perfectly valid reason. Um, the one that I was going to mention was, you know, what might not work for me is if I wanted to look a certain way to other people, that's just not going to work for me. <laughs> it really, for me, my reason has to be um, really self-driven, uh, um, self-motivated. Um, it, for me, it's not about looking a certain way for anybody. It, that does not create movement forward for me. So what is your compelling reason and why? We're going to take five minutes to answer these questions. And if we, if we need more time, I, I realize it's a lot of questions. We can absolutely take that. And then what will happen if you don't do it? What will be the result for you? if you don't achieve this goal? What discomfort will it cause? So let's like name that discomfort up front, right? Let's anticipate it. <laughs> and will it be worth that discomfort? Will it be worth maybe the waves of self-doubt and the fear? And then just dialing it in more. What is your exact commitment? When will you have accomplished it, right? So we're talking about a week from now. And how can you make that measurable and exciting? 
I'll give you a hint with this, this part, exciting. It's just how you think about it, right? What creates excitement? Creates any emotion or thoughts? Okay, I'm gonna shut up and let, <laughs> and let you answer those questions. When you're ready, I want you to identify the thought that created excitement for you. Mine was, I get to meet new people and help them. That creates excitement for me. <laughs> nice, Deborah. Deborah said those are her exact words. Yay! <laughs> Okay. All right, I'm gonna move on. If you're not done, maybe take a little screenshot of this. You can finish your answering later. Oh no, Deborah, I can't see you guys. Only you can see me. Okay, proactivation. This is actually a word that um, my coach and my coaching instructor, um, Brooke Castillo, made up to express the opposite of procrastination. So we know that the, the word procrastinate means to delay or postpone something. And like I, talk, like I, I talked about, we procrastinate things that um, will give us the long-term gratification. And instead, we want the instant gratification. We want the quick fix to solve for our discomfort of, uh, that goes into the process of achieving that long-term gratification. So we, we watch Netflix, we scroll on Facebook, we make cookies, you know, grab a snack, anything that, um, that does something to avoid the discomfort of staying committed to our goal. So if we can learn to flip this around and procrastinate the short-term pleasure and proactivate our long-term pleasure, then we create the life that we dream about, okay? So proactivation means that we use our prefrontal cortex to make plans and execute them no matter what. And when we switch to this way of being, we create our life instead of reacting to it. We don't rely on fear and pressure to drive us like we do when we procrastinate on something till the last minute. So um, if you're one of those people like myself who um, feels like I, I have had this thought in the past that I work better under pressure, right? That's not proactivation, <laughs> it's procrastination. And I've come to realize that I actually work a lot better when I'm in proactivation, when I'm deliberately making my plans and committing to them no matter what. And while it feels awful in the moment, like sometimes it feels so bad on the other side of doing the thing that I had committed to, I build more integrity with myself. I have more of a trusting relationship with myself. Um, and I feel a sense of accomplishment and achievement. And that feels way better to me than procrastination. All right. So another writing prompt. 
in what ways do you procrastinate? What would be different about your business if you didn't? Are you reluctant to make a plan for your business goal because you're afraid you might not follow through? Why might that be? This is really common. Sometimes it's the discomfort of actually making the plan because of this fear of failure comes up or we, we have the story that we keep telling ourselves of failure that we can't stay committed to anything or whatever it might be, right? So really acknowledging this and understand wearing, understanding where it might be coming from. And then what would it be worth to you to commit to learning the skill of proactivation and why? Okay, so let's take five and we'll answer these questions. You know, it's interesting. Many of us avoid planning um, because we enjoy our free time. We enjoy flexibility. We enjoy spontaneity. But what happens when we're not deliberate about how we spend our time our lives become less flexible. We have less freedom um, because we're spending time thinking about the things that we didn't do or worrying about the things that still need to get done. Um, when I was answering this question, what would be different about your business if I didn't procrastinate? I was thinking, well, I'd have more clients and my brain wanted to fight with me a little bit. My brain was like, well, if you have more clients and you have less free time, right? And then I just kind of went a little bit deeper and I went, but if I had more clients, I'd have more money. And if my, I had more money, I'd have more freedom to spend the time that I want to spend my time on. So this, this these exercises are so interesting. The other thing that kind of came up for me around this, you know, are you reluctant to make a plan for your business goal? Because you're afraid you might not follow through. For me, this hasn't always just been about business. This has been about like, social stuff too. Like someone will ask me if I can go, you know, grab um, some tea or something. And I, I haven't been able to commit because I'm not sure I'll be able to follow through on it. Now, this isn't the case for me anymore. Now I, I say yes, and I make it happen. And what this also brought up was how many of us, um, well, I shouldn't say many of us, what I think about learning and, and practicing the skill of proactivation is that, like I mentioned earlier, when I practice this, I have a relationship with myself that's more in integrity, um, a relationship with me that I can trust, I can trust me to show up for me. And what so many of us do um, before we learn the skill of proactivation is we, if we set a lunch date for, uh, you know, with one of our friends, um, we're more committed to that lunch date than to doing something for ourselves. Have you noticed that about you? I think it's a pretty common thing, um, but just really interesting to notice that um, when it comes to other people, we can be more committed than when we are to ourselves, right? And so I even think about this with like, not even just business stuff, but like self-care, like how many of us procrastinate self-care? 
getting tune-ups, getting massages, right? So it's, it's a, you know, thinking about a goal as far as our own health, our own well-being, right? What do we need to um, commit to? And why is that uncomfortable? What are those feelings that come up around that? All right. If you want to share anything, go ahead and put it in the chat. Otherwise, we'll move on. All right. We're going to talk about next the process for accomplishing a goal. Now that we've learned, learned that skill of proactivation, we're going to take that goal that you wrote down in the beginning. And I don't want you to change your mind on it, right? Maybe you already have part of the way, whatever you have written down, you're committed. Okay. We want to find out how we need to feel in order to do the things that are going to create that goal for us. So what I want you to do first is kind of identify what you're feeling now, as far as that goal, right? I know Deborah, you mentioned nervous earlier. Is nervous going to create, help you uh, drive the action to create that goal, right? So identify that, why are you feeling nervous? What's the thought there? Okay, now you're excited, good. <laughs> All right, so maybe we've gotten to that, that place where we're excited. So once you've identified kind of what you're feeling now and what's the thought that's, um, that's creating that feeling, we wanna do an intentional model on this. So I want you to write your model, T-F-A-R, R stands for result. I want you to write out your business goal here. So mine would be um, get three clients booked at my new location. Okay. Write the result. Write the things that you would need to do in order to create that thing. What is it? What are all the steps there? So just do a, a little mini brainstorm right now. So for me, it would be, um, I need to send out uh, an email to my existing clients. I have a handful in Bend and around the area and just put it out there that I've got an office. Um, maybe post something on Nextdoor, on Facebook, the Sisters community page, right? So start thinking about some things that are gonna get you to that goal. Maybe it's making a phone call. Maybe it's coming up with an outline for your campaign. Maybe it's building an email list. Okay, and then once you have that, so that's those are your actions, right? We're working the model backwards here. So how do you need to feel? in order to do those things. Excited could be one, inspired could be another, right? Um, motivated, committed, right? It doesn't have to be excited. Sometimes excited can, um, can drive action, but other times, you know, excitement has sort of like this half-life. So uh, you, you might not want to rely on staying excited um, all week long, right? <laughs> so 
So maybe committed. That's your feeling. What are you going to need to think in order to generate that feeling that you chose? And then the circumstance can just be business, right? So circumstances, business or goal, business goal. I'll just work out my model here. So I'm also putting follow up with JC. She's a client that I already have that has a couple of people who want sessions. I'm going to follow up with her. How am I going to need to feel in order to do this? I'm choosing committed. Committed. What do I need to think? in order to feel committed. Hmm. It's okay to take your time here. See, I'm, I'm taking my time here. So my thought, I, I'm gonna try this on. I can serve more people. I think when I take the focus off of me and I put it on them, then I can, create that commitment as far as this goes anyway. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, Rivka, I noticed my action steps seem perfectionist oriented and I hear your philosophy of do it before you're ready coming in. Yes. Be okay with B plus work because if you're always waiting for A plus work, you'll never move forward because it's never going to be perfect enough. Right? So be okay with B plus. E plus is better than nothing. <laughs> and usually our B plus work looks really great to others. And it's, you know, again, it's about, it's about serving, right? When we, when we hold back because we want to be perfect, we don't get to reach the people that we want to work with. All right. Now I've got a few minutes left, so I'm going to move through. All right. So the process for Hold on. I missed a step. No, I didn't. The process for accomplishing your goal. So Rivka, you've got your planner. I totally recommend either getting a planner or I have a one page um, worksheet that I'll send out. Um, I'll actually attach it to the according that's on the membership site. Um, but have your days listed with times and everything. The first thing that I want you to do is I want you to block off your personal and free time. This is to ensure that you aren't neglected in this process, that you have plenty of time to sleep, that you have time to do whatever you feel like doing. You've got time for your walks, yoga, meditation, right? Planning your, your days is not about hustling at all. It's just about being thoughtful and mindful about how you spend your time. All right. The next thing you want to make sure you're eating. <laughs> so schedule your meals and your travel time. Uh, so if you have appointments or something you need to go to, make sure that's factored in. 
Number three, schedule your meetings and appointments and anything that's sort of already in the calendar. If you have really um, specific client times that you want to keep as client times, schedule that in. Schedule your focus time. Now, one of the way, best ways that you can get to your to-do list is to set aside focused time, which is about one to two hours a day uninterrupted. So turning off your notifications and focusing on producing a result. By the end of that one to two hours each day, you will have created something. Okay, so if your, um, your goal, like Rivka's to create an email, you'll wanna dedicate an hour to two hours a day to work on that goal, okay? And that time is, again, turn off notifications, let the kids know that you're not gonna be available of course if we have an unexpected emergency come up you know we do have to attend to and that's why number five is here schedule your unexpected urgency or your backup time so if there's a kid that comes in or something happens where that's sort of life-threatening but also you know someone's bleeding and they need you um, you'll have that backup time scheduled okay um now Everything that's on here, I'm going to write. Once it's on here, I want you to really practice this <laughs> committing to yourself, committing to your word. Okay. Really important because the more that you practice commitment, the better you're going to be at being committed, the better you're going to be at keeping your word to yourself, the more that you practice breaking your commitments, or buffering or coming up with excuses for why you can't get something done, the better you're going to be at that. And this definitely includes your personal and free time. If you've blocked off personal and free time, don't fill it in with busyness. <laughs> don't fill it in with um, a client. Okay. As hard as it might be, I really want to encourage you to commit. I had a thought and the thought was, um, oh, do this for a week and you'll kind of get an idea of like what, what works and what doesn't. Okay. If you notice that, um, you know, you've, you, um, you didn't block off enough personal or free time and you want to do more, you can do that next week. If you blocked off too much, you can do that next week. If you're, if I see Rivka, my whole life is around number five. If this is, if, if that's the case, if you notice you've got a lot of unexpected urgencies come up and you need to schedule backup time, maybe it's about dialing something back a little bit. Um, so that you know your your goals are more achievable and you don't have to keep you know you don't have a backlog of time there right um one thing i want to say to do is if well actually let me uh -huh. okay so those those actions that we listed on the previous page those are your do goals but i also want you to brainstorm more do goals. So if you've got like larger tasks or larger project projects, I want you to break them up into smaller tasks. 
So let's say your task is to call, you know, five people. Okay. Break those up into smaller tasks. Maybe the first part of that task is to spend 30 minutes, um, like really outlining what you want to say to that person, making sure you hit all the points. Right. And then the next task would be to call person number one. Okay. Then call person number two would be the next task. So things like that. Um, the next thing that I'll say, well, I, we already talked about putting it up, put your do goals on your list. So you've got all these other things, you, you know, it's in, within that focus time is the do goals. Schedule them. And when you schedule them, you can cross them off your list because you are committed. Okay. Um, you also want to be really specific about how much time you're going to take to complete each task. So if you're making a phone call, right, maybe schedule it for 15 minutes or 30 minutes, right? If you're going beyond that time, just kind of look at that. Like, why did I spend an hour and a half on the phone with that person? <laughs> what was going on there? <laughs> right. And then yes, unless it's an emergency, you need to honor your calendar. It's like, this is like meeting with the CEO of your life, which it is. You are the CEO of your life. And know in advance that you're not going to want to, that you're going to want to make excuses. You're going to want to put other people ahead of your own commitment to yourself. So just be aware of this and try not to make exceptions unless there's blood. <laughs> it's always good to have a backup plan. Okay. Now, when it comes to a backup plan, we want to make our backup plan a little bit more painful than the original plan. So what that might look like is maybe, you know, if you normally have your Saturday mornings free, make your backup time on a Saturday morning, right? Do you, do you see what I'm doing there with that? So, so you'll be less likely to uh, follow through on the excuse and more likely to follow through on the plan. When you commit in this way to managing your own brain, you start learning how to direct it, you will start to produce some pretty amazing results. So take your time with this, take your time with these exercises, do some mini thought downloads on it, do some self-coaching and just notice your narrative around it. Notice if you have some resistance to it and then do the work to really intentionally create the feeling that's going to create your inspired action. All right, we went a little over time. I would love to hear your thoughts on this process. Any questions that you have, um, bring them to Slack and let's all check in with each other next week and see how how we did on our goals how does that sound okay see you next time bye thanks for being here if you are loving these podcast episodes this is the time to start applying these tools to your business and your practice. Consider joining the Grow a Thriving Practice coaching program where you can work on these skills with tailored and individualized support. You'll be a part of a growing and thriving community of thriving practitioners. To learn more, visit JillianFaldmo.com. That's Jillian with a J, Faldmo, F-A-L-D-M-O.com. Thank mm -hmm. you.